0: Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're
1: freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone
0: find a car they love and discover all the ways cars connect us. I'm Todd.
1: I'm Paul. And this is The Car Debate.
0: I've concluded that I really do have this terrible car disease that we talk about. If, if you're listening, <laughs> obviously you're telling that already we're, we're not in studio. It's a little different than normal because we're traveling and doing stuff. But we're here. Uh, happy Tuesday. But I'm, I'm looking at cars I shouldn't look at. I just do. I just, I just pull up Auto
1: Tempest and I just scroll around and go, oh, those are that much money. All the time. I can't stop myself. Well, it's funny because we joke about it, but I guarantee you all of us have our circuit. Of favorite Mm -hmm. sites we look at and a car in mind, and so the sites you know. Of course, Auto Temps—we're looking for the next one we think we want. But then there's the circuit of all the other sites that we just want to see what's for sale. And the worst part is when we're all bummed because the car we really wanted but could never afford finally sold, and like, ah, it's like, well, I couldn't (laughs) afford it anyway. Why am I bummed? That's happening. You, you, with your, you with your
0: special it. sites that nobody else finds but you. But but that, you're right. I'll see something go off the inventory that I was never going to buy. Exactly. You can afford and it. And now I'm all bummed that it went away and somebody <laughs> bought it. I'm like, what am I doing? It's the weirdest thing. If If you also yes. haven't noticed, thank you to those of you that sent us emails this past weekend because actually our... Hot Hatches episode of the Mazda 3 and the Golf R. The Mazda 3 Turbo and Golf R just played on Motor Trend for its rerun this past weekend. We do have one more weekend coming up of, uh, of Motor Trend Season 8 is still playing. It is also on Amazon. I want to thank our TV sponsors, which is Covercraft and Haggerty and Auto Tempest. We've got all of those guys, plus Grios with their amazing products. Everybody's giving... Uh, Discounts and new codes right now, so be sure you follow along with all of those. Those codes are available on our website. If you go to the sponsors section of our website, you have direct access to those sponsors and those
1: codes. They're what make this show happen. Indeed, indeed. Well, guys, we are introducing our guests for Topic Tuesday the co founders of Radwood and Driving While Awesome, Lane Skelton and Warren Madsen. Art Cervantes is the third co-founder of Radwood, although he wasn't able to join us for this episode. We are already looking forward to the next time we can be on with all three of them, and we had a a great time on their podcast. We were just on, Todd and I were on the DWA podcast recently. We are very pleased to return the favor and call on them right now to have a chat. Hello, this is Warren. Lane, are you there? I'm here. Uh, Good. Hi. How's hi. It? Good. it going, guys? Awesome. Hey, yeah, we're thrilled really to have you guys. It.
0: I wanted to thank you guys again publicly for having us on your podcast because it was very fun. It was a real surprise to jump on with you guys and uh, cuz obviously we don't do the Zoom thing. We're just all audio here, but it was fun to just sit there and I know it's, it sounds crazy, but it
1: was fun to talk cars. <laughs> it was. It was. I know.
2: Well, we appreciate you guys taking the time out and um yeah, like Lane was saying earlier, it was a very well-received episode and uh, we'll have to do it again. That was
0: really fun. For those of you that have not caught on yet, granted, you heard on the intro a little bit, but we're here with uh, Warren and Lane, who are part of the Radwood Empire. I'm going to break that down in a minute. But they're nice. part of the Radwood Empire. Nice. Art couldn't join us. He was with us on when we were on their podcast, which is called the Driving While Awesome podcast. You notice the rad and 80s-themed things. Rad, <laughs> awesome, these kind of things. We're dealing with 80s and 90s cars in their world. So this is actually – I need you to educate me and the audience, guys, because – I think of you guys connected to Radwood, but what all does that entail? We've got the podcast and other things. What all is Radwood now?
1: I will add, Warren, as well, the Driving While Awesome website and that little empire predates Everyday Driver by a full year. 2006, oh, done, am done, I done. correct? Okay, right. I saw two. Yeah, yeah. Am I right?
3: Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, Driving While Awesome was formed uh, from a lemons team we had back before we had children and wives and all that stuff. I didn't so. know
1: that. That's yeah
3: fantastic. yeah yeah so we were at the second lemons race ever at the old altamont raceway which wow is, um it's a circle track and it's pretty junky but it's famous for a uh hell's angels uh what was the concert warren Big rolling, concert, Stone. rolling stones concert where the hell's angels come in, came in and a bunch of people were you know killed and <laughs> wow. you know well, bad stuff but so infamy, that's what it's it. famous yeah. wow okay. yeah it's infamous for that but uh we uh saw the lemons we saw an article about the 24 hours of lemons in auto week magazine i believe and okay. we started a lemons team and joined the second lemons and that's how that was our team it was team santa cruz driving wall awesome and then turned into driving wall awesome
0: and that's how that was all spawned. What was the but, car? Uh, what was your car? Yeah, it was a Porsche 944. oh. I love it. Okay, all right. So yeah. now Paul's happy. That's good to know. Okay, so but, yeah, but that yeah. eventually becomes you started Radwood, and now is it all kind of connected here? And how big does it go? <laughs> Warren, you want to answer this? Yeah, so it is. It's a little
2: complex, but um, basically, uh, Lane, Art, and I are driving while awesome, and then we had uh, a couple other folks in the automotive world. Um, team up and started radwood and so art lane and i are also a part of radwood and that's a separate entity than dragon well awesome but you know it's, we're all we're all buddies now and uh, try to make the whole thing work together but um yeah two different things and we kind of do different uh, kind of different goals because uh, radwood focuses on 1980 through 1999 vehicles and that whole automotive lifestyle mm-hmm. and then dragon well awesome is open to everything and we Focus a little bit more on using our cars, rallies,
0: um, and stuff like that. Got it. Got it.
1: Has anybody ever showed up with a Plymouth Prowler? Is that out? Is Ooh, that
0: we, out? No. No. Yeah, it's I, don't, not, yeah it's I don't think we it. Them.
1: A Prowler yeah. it's out.
0: God,
1: what were they thinking?
0: <laughs> Just missed. Just <laughs> missed. Just a little outside. It's too bad. Oh, yeah. So, but exactly. you, is this full time for you guys though? Between those two yeah. monsters? It is.
3: Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. yeah. And, and art it, as well.
0: Yeah, I thought so. And is it YouTube in the midst of that as well, or educate me?
3: Oh, so, yeah, uh, we don't really have much YouTube, actually. Um, we started, we did a YouTube with Driving All Awesome, and that's kind of like how, so we, I think our first video was like 2006 on YouTube, so this is wow. pre-monetization and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and our video went a little viral. It was a, it was a quick little, like, recap, and it was shot in whatever we shot in you know some <laughs> little
0: format crappy, existed yeah. like <laughs>
3: yeah we had to put it to tape and it took sure. 12 hours to go over and everything um so we made this video and it did really well it got shared on jolofnik autoblog back in 2006 or 7 yeah i think it was 2006 and days. it was kind of blew up it got a hundred thousand views or something and you know back then it was that like was youtube ton. was such a oh it was um it was crazy because the only videos were like 20 second clips of a car doing a burnout or something sure. you know it was very they still are. very <laughs> it's, yeah it's that's true Tesla's this is true though. it's
1: just all this Tesla's is and true Hellcat anything
3: yeah um so yeah we kind of but there was no way to monetize it so mm-hmm. we didn't you know that was kind of one of those things where we're like man this video is doing so well and we're getting all this pub but what do we do with all this publicity you know and we kind of just let it sit for a while and didn't do much and then um we did some videos and stuff for driving while awesome, but, um, and that definitely attracted people to the podcast. And we started the podcast at the beginning of 2014. Um, and that, you know, we've done 650 episodes, I believe. And then we have a hundred Patreon episodes and, you know, that's been a, a thing that we've been doing every week for the last, what, seven years. That's um, yeah, fantastic. yeah <laughs> it's crazy. I know you guys know how that, that is, right? For sure. Yeah. Uh,
0: that's
1: funny. Yeah.
3: And then, and then we started the, um, a Radwood, you know, and that was just a car show that was kind of, it was spawned from a discussion we had on the podcast. And then we started with some other people, Bradley Brownell, mm-hmm. who's a, um, editor he's on, he's on uh, Jalopnik mm-hmm. and a bunch of other stuff. And then, uh, a friend, Richard Deacon, who, um, he used to have a podcast, but he's in the tech world. Uh, so we started Bradwood. We did our first show, and it was kind of just our friends and people, you know, that listened to the podcast and stuff. And it kind of turned into a bigger thing than we thought it would be. And then Jalopnik picked up on it, mm-hmm. and that was before Bradley wrote for them or anything. And then they sponsored our second show in L.A., and that was a big-time show. And we had Mazda show up with eight cars, and, you wow. know, it was a big thing. So, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, oh, man, this is – this is a real thing and this is like a, a job, you know? Yeah, <laughs> so for sure. I mean,
0: how many, how many locations are you typical? I mean, I realize now is not typical, but typically how many yeah. locations do you do in a year?
2: So we typically do one or two shows a month and <sighs> we're kind of all over the U S um, so we've done the West coast, of course, Pacific Northwest and California. Um, we've done shows in Detroit, Philadelphia, uh, Boston, Austin, Texas is one of our biggest shows. Mm. And then, um, we, about a year and a half ago, we went over and and actually had a show at at Goodwood. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of coming full circle for us. That's amazing.
3: That's uh, so funny. Yeah, Redwood at
0: Goodwood. Please tell me that shirt exists.
4: Yeah, uh, (laughs) we, we actually,
3: we did make that, um, and and that was the big thing and goodwood we thought we're like oh man goodwood's reaching out to us like what does that mean right uh, bad. <laughs> licensing um, nightmare Go yeah, on, yeah. yeah exactly but they were super stoked on it and they like you know they love it and they were excited to have us there and it was just so cool you know because that was what radwood was spawned from mm-hmm. was you know, we were, we, we had this discussion on the podcast and I think it was Warren brought it up and he's like, imagine having a hill climb, but instead, you know, and we call it, you know, instead of having these, you know, whatever cars we're, we have all the cars that we're into, which is like eighties and nineties cars. And then, you know, and then it came and we, we went through all these names and Warren came up with rad wood. So, and it's just fantastic.
1: <laughs> Cause all the cool kids have picked up on that and people going rad, what?
3: 80s yeah. and 90s, yeah.
1: I'm in, yeah, done, for sure. I'm yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. which is so yeah. cool. But I believe you guys have a bit more information for our audience as you have expanded to more intellectual property, like uh, some more auctions going on. Yeah, that's what's, right. Uh, what's that's going right, on yeah. with that?
2: Yeah, so uh, it's still pretty fresh and um, it's, it's all happening now, but we, we started Rad for Sale so, it's an auction place uh, online um, that focuses on the Radwood era. So, 80s and 90s cars. And not only cars, we're expanding it to kind of lifestyle items. So, mm. you know, that Jeff Gordon race suit, um, a BMX bike, things that are of the era and not necessarily just inspired by cars. Okay. But um, yeah, so we, we started with about 10 vehicles, and they're actually closing. I think one of our bigger cars is closing on as we're going to be recording with you, which is cool. Um, And that car, for example, the car that you might see on the side is a a 944 Porsche uh, Turbo, but it's a Rothman's Cup car
1: in Reebok Reebok
2: livery. Uh, Yeah, really cool car. I mean, it's like, you know, for the era and something you could use and Mm. even take it on a rally
1: or go to a Radwood or what have you. That's Uh, not an Al Holman car, is it? Uh, no, it's a Rick
2: Ba Rick Byer
3: Bi- yeah, was
1: Rick the driver. Oh, okay, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, what
0: makes me laugh about this is you guys have created an event to go to and now you've created the site where you can actually kit up for the event. <laughs> you can buy the car exactly. and the jacket and the sneakers I and all know. that kind of stuff and bring yourself to Radwood. And the problem yeah, is, yeah, the next yeah. time you come to Salt Lake, if I don't have any 80s stuff, I'm going to be on this site going, well, i got to get gear now. Like, <laughs> I wore my Jeff exactly. Gordon pajamas
1: exactly. to bed, and then I woke yep. up and I drove my Radwood to my Radwood. That's fantastic. <laughs> well,
2: I could see uh, Everyday Driver doing a little video series on some Radwood rides. I don't think that would be uh, out of line. I'm sure you guys have some Hollywood history between you uh, yeah
0: do. yeah we I mean, we got to figure do. out what 80s cars or 80s and 90s cars we're going to bring but but i'm i'm sitting here realizing i can completely kit myself up in one location and that's a little terrifying and exciting all at the same time <laughs> <laughs> yeah halloween yeah.
1: costumes shot glasses yes. bed sheets yes.
0: There should be a theme park
1: yep. soon, like the Ferrari one in Dubai or wherever that one is. Exactly.
0: But, but I will say that Paul and I apparently missed the memo because there was a memo that circulated sometime in the last year that uh-huh. said if you do other stuff in automotive media right now, you ought to create an auction site.
4: Right. And so we didn't oh, get this yeah, memo. I know.
0: But but obviously you know Doug has his monster, and we've heard of other ones. We've heard of small ones from places we people we've never heard of. But what I like with you guys is you have a niche that's not being filled.
1: Exactly. Yes. Right,
0: and and
3: yeah. I think that you know that was our that was our main thing, really. It's like we we know that you know we read all these publications and stuff, and and all these other auctions and like um, RM and and all these big auction sites will say this is the perfect car to bring to Radwood, you know, <laughs> this is a Radwood era <laughs> car. There you go. Um, and you guys and, are looking at each other like, like, like huh? Right. Yeah, yeah. We're reading the auction guides, and we're like, man. Yeah, and we, we've kind of, from the beginning, we've, we've wanted to sell, you know, we've wanted to be that kind of one-stop shop. We were talking about, you know, because everyone does, a lot of people, I would say, like, probably 80% of people that go to our shows at least have something on that's, you know, Radwood era, you know, 80s it. and 90s. Yeah. Whether it's a hat or some, you know, just something tiny. But a lot of people go all out. They dress yeah. like Michael Jackson or something. I've seen it. I, um, I love it. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah
1: air jordan yeah so
3: we we just felt like you know you know we've talked about it forever we want to sell that that those whatever wayfarers on our site and have a place for people to sell those used parts and we talked about having you know a little swap meet at the shows but then it turns into like kind of a good guys thing and yeah um you know so so we were like how could we do that and then we talked about selling you know doing the Car auctions. Like when Bring a Trailer was the only game in town. Yeah, and uh, and then you know, pandemic hit, and we actually had time to to get it. You know, make the site
1: and do it. Yeah, so yeah, that's really that's cool. where we are now. I love yeah. it. I love it. You guys it, have been working your tails off, obviously. All oh, three man. of you guys. Yeah. It's it's yeah. clear, yeah. <laughs> and I applaud your efforts. There's something that Todd and I talk about a lot, and that is the stand back and. Watch it implode, kind of auctions when something comes across the board that you never thought was worth that kind of money, like Cadillac Alantes and just weird stuff. You're going, no, why would you? So here you guys are in the thick of that absurdity on one end, but on the other end is kind of, well, as Todd said, this, you know, serving this market that I Mm -hmm. think will blow up personally. Where do you guys stand? Are you just standing back and being the conduit?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, we are being a conduit, and um, we are very familiar with Bring Trailer. We've, we've had Randy on our podcast, and we've known those guys and had them at our events, Radwoods, um, since almost the beginning. And um, they are swamped with cars. They're, they're mm-hmm. not accepting all of them. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of their cars have, have changed uh, demos, or at least tax brackets. Um, <laughs> that over... is a very
0: tactful <laughs> way to put that. Keep going. Toe, toe, yeah. Toe.
2: Yeah. Um, so we, you know, on our side right now, we have a few no reserve cars that are totally affordable for anybody. You know, mm-hmm. entry level uh, Subaru Brat or you know, funky Mitsubishi Galant that just doesn't exist Dude. anymore.
1: Brats. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. But well, you just need one because With you talk about it off and on. You just need the, the back, Brat. The yeah. The jump seats. Come mm-hmm.
2: on. Yeah. Yes. People. Um, so I think we're we're definitely more receptive to kind of the everyday driver, if you will. Yeah. um, (laughs) Nicely done. You know? Yeah.
0: I'll pay you later for that. Bravo. Yeah. Keep going. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Five bucks. No
2: problem.
1: No. Well, I I think it's necessary in this time of everybody's uncertainty of the future of cars. We're in this big transition. It's a slow transition, but we're in it. And that is our electric cars or any of the future cars, anything car manufacturers offer us new, Are they going to be fun or do we have to go back? Do we have to look back? Mm -hmm. And I love that all of these, you guys leading the way in this market, in my opinion, for the 80s and 90s, just going, these are the fun stuff. And look, you can get in on this for a price you probably didn't expect. That's what I love about it. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. It's pretty pretty exciting, you know, to be at the, you know, we didn't create this whole thing, but we did, uh, we were one of the first ones to kind of (laughs) like... You didn't roll a grenade and exploit it, room. I would say, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of like get people into it. And, and, you know, a lot of it is like we're giving a lot of these cars We're not there was no place to bring them or there mm-hmm. wasn't a place to really sell them, you know, and and uh, a lot of people had these cars and they're like, is it even worth fixing up? You know, sure. it's like, you know, they go to a, you know, even a C4 Corvette until recently. I mean, even now, it's like, you know, all the Corvette guys are like kind of like, sticking their chins up at you because you have a c4 (laughs) yeah but we're we're like bring it on c4 you know Mm -hmm. that's what we want that's like that's the era we're all about you know you look back at all the 80s movies and stuff and and uh so yeah i think i think it's more just you know giving giving uh, people a place to sell these cars and to bring you know these cars to our events and for them to be celebrated and and say hey these are worth like fixing and they're fun to drive and all absolutely
1: that. you're saving it because the the owners would be like well I have this old we're looking at the Subaru brat
0: yes because Paul needs a brat, yeah. I need a brat. this is really what I've yeah.
1: probably the owners going well I've had this thing forever and I don't know what to do with it I'm it's sick it. of it I'm done with it and there's this whole other gaggle of people going oh that's so cool yeah. that has seats in the yeah. back with grab handles and yeah. no seat belts. yeah <laughs> let's get that
3: yeah, I like,
0: today.
3: I have so many friends that are that I've talked to, and they're like, man, that brat is so cool. And it's crazy how many people just, you know, 10 years ago, they would have been like, oh, man, tow that thing to the junkyard, you know? Sure, you're right. But now it's like that thing is so cool, and I have friends with – you know, that are in higher tax brackets and they're talking about how they want to buy it and they're going to bid them. Well,
0: that's funny. I mean, one of the things we've talked about before is that there's this this 30 to 40 year nostalgia swath mm
4: -hmm. and
0: Uh, it's just go back 30 to 40 years. Those are the cars that are on the climb because the people that like all of us were talking here, we were in high school or college without any money when all those cars were new. And we yeah, wish exactly. we could have them and we. And now you get thirty to forty years later. Those people are looking back, trying to be cool again, even if you weren't cool the first time. Trying to be cool again. <laughs> and now you could maybe afford that car, and you think totally. oh, it's surprisingly affordable. But the problem is, then we all dive in the pool at once, and it raises the <laughs> raises the, <laughs> the value of everybody for sure. So, let's yeah. see, two years from that, now, what what is a brat going for on rad <laughs> for sale? Because no. right now it might be affordable, but but this I think we're starting that swath, and you guys are riding the wave of it, which I think is great because at to your point, you mentioned it earlier. Radwood has become a known term for an era.
1: Yes. Which yeah. you guys
0: have, have just I hope you've copyrighted that thing because that's yeah, awesome yeah. how often it gets mentioned as just you say mm-hmm. Radwood to somebody that knows cars and they know exactly what we're talking that's about.
1: That's a Radwood era car. Right absolutely. There yes. That yes.
0: Absolutely. Know really yeah. cool. that's
2: a, absolutely. Yep. And I think what's important too is you're right about the thirty year rule. Um, but the nice thing about the, you know, mid eighties to mid nineties, the cars are usable. They're mm-hmm. still Re- fairly reliable yeah. and uh, sort of safe, <laughs> and uh, um, <laughs> sort of parts are sort of and there's parts available and yeah. I mean, I don't know what the thirty year rule will look like for cars of the two thousands and the teens. Mm-hmm. Um, it is harder to to kind of appreciate those cars for their quirkiness because it seems they've gotten kind of watered down. Except for the higher end stuff. Don't get me wrong. Your Elises and your Caymans will always be pretty special but you know uh will a honda civic be as special as a an 85 civic si or whatever you know
0: radwood equivalent i'm Mm -hmm. not sure well once once cars got started to have some version of a computer screen in them we've talked about this before too they instantly aged like a computer did and right. The Radwood stuff is right before that. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't yeah. know, but it's right before that. And so, I think those interiors maintain a timeless look. That something from early 2000s, you just go, "Oh, that's just ancient." But stuff from yeah, the yeah, '90s, yeah, right. you go, "I know it's old, but it doesn't feel old." But man, you see a yeah. you know a, a CD player and some really awful nav screen and something from 2005, and you just think, "Well, that may as well be a computer from 40 years ago." <laughs> I don't want that vacuum. That's like cell. your faith,
2: your Phaeton, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. The Phaeton that I had was at, was 100 what we're talking about. And if yeah. if you can replace the head unit, great. And the Phaeton, it's just walk away. But you know, if you can replace the head unit, then you've got something. But maybe right. you can modernize it. But you're right. This is this is that era where they aren't quite spoiled by tech that makes them age rocket fast. I mean, heck, a five year old car in tech now is just like, oh wow, that's right. That's when they were doing that, and you're thinking, no, no, this car's five years old. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Now you got me thinking that yeah. Maserati by turbos are going to show up on Rad for sale. I'm, I'm sure they go. will. Oh, we we'll we'll yeah, will have playing an
0: art. They'll have them contact you when oh, they do no. just because you need oh, one. Yeah. You just
1: secretly need one. Yeah, I, a Do you want one, Paul? I can, I can find you one. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him at junkyard. <laughs> What's in this room full of rakes? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I My neighbor had one up the street. He was... Uh, his daughter was my age and we were on the swim team uh-huh. in the neighborhood and... He always had the Mercedes 280s and all these cool cars. And then one day, yeah. a Maserati bi-turbo showed up. And I went, gape, gape, blink, blink. What is that? Yeah. It seems so Italian exotic. I mean, yeah. years later, I know. It's a pile of garbage. But what is that car? And I couldn't believe it. It left such an impression. Another guy had some Alpha. I think it was a GTV <laughs> in my neighborhood. I'm going, what? How did I not? Wait. I it was part of my car education, (laughs) yeah, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. Deeply embedded within me are just all the fun, cool '80s cars, like the Porsche 944. Made me think of one of our last lemons races. There Mm -hmm. was a team there called Porsche Honky, yes, who had welded the front of an early '80s oh Chevy so scottsdale cool. pickup truck to the front yeah. of a previously wrecked 944 called porsche yeah.
0: yes it was awesome
1: Business wow. the front, i've seen drag.
3: pictures it's so cool yeah we, so we cool. raced with that it
0: was it was an oddball it was very fun uh there there was about a, a 20 minute conversation behind the scenes when we were buying our current cheap sports cars oh, yes. and we happened to find a bi-turbo convertible available on a site through auto tempest <laughs> and i just turn the computer around and show it to Paul. And there was an actual beat where you could see the flicker in his eyes when he considered it, and then he went, we seriously can't do that. (laughs) But there was just a a flicker for a moment where he thought, well, there's a bi-turbo with a... No. It was a nice one, though. It was nice, and it was well within the budget, but who knows what it would take to keep that thing running. Am I
3: just dreaming this? Didn't you guys drive a bi-turbo on one of your episodes? Well, we had...
1: uh, Todd had his Phaeton, and as the matchup for our cheap Big sedan challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a Quattroporte Porte from 05. Yeah. It was uh, okay. Demon Marcus edition. It was that, yeah, that... plummy wine color. Because
0: everything's better than Even yeah. Marcus edition. And
1: Took that sucker to the salt flats. We pegged them both as hard and fast as they I could go, watched. and I'm still proud. We didn't check tire pressure. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we just went. That's we we haven't awesome. done the
0: bi turbo, really cool. but we did do that madness. And I, I still, to this day, am thrilled that Paul bought a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar MSRP Neiman Marcus edition. And by the way, the Neiman Marcus edition of whatever always sells out in minutes. <laughs> oh yeah. And here <laughs> this is yeah. years later yeah. for ten grand. I just love. So great. Yeah.
2: So, Salt flats, by the way. I was actually at the uh, the U.S. debut of that car, Pebble Beach. It was a really big deal, so it's kind of been like a, a sweet spot for me. But um, after watching your video, uh, no, I yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Run you're, away. Better, you're better off to, to walk away See, from there's that at least. Yeah. Piping. yeah, there's piping Neiman Marcus piping. That was all the yeah. It was all I love color. It. Yeah. So, uh, is there a direct connection? Like, let me let me explain this another way. If I were to go to a Redwood show will there be cars there now that are also for sale or is that, are you going to keep the world separate so that this is just an online thing? No. So they're going to,
3: yeah, they're going to totally commingle, and we are going to have a rad for sale section at every Radwood show where you can preview upcoming auctions or current cars that are for sale. Um, yeah. We're going to, we're going to combine them and they're going to be, you know, they're going to be all intermingled.
2: I love it. That's cool. And then a, yeah. And then like a, a Radwood street cred kind of uh segment. We haven't figured it out yet at a, a group of cars that are bought on the site. Um, and they can, they'll get free admission
0: and things like oh, that. Oh, so, cool!
2: A good yeah, idea. we're hoping to kind of keep it all in the, all in the family.
0: That's great. That's amazing. This is brilliant. And you're still, are you really doing, you're doing two a month.
2: Well, so we I mean, are, we're right, not we're right not now, doing anything right not now, right now. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we were doing uh one I mean it just depended on the month and also not all of our events were um, like massive um our own things. We teamed up with Lemons actually for a few mm-hmm. of their um uh what are they called Dupecons. Thank Hoop-de-con. you Lane. That's um, right. Yes. And we've done some kind of more like pop-up shows um in other places. So, but yeah, one big one big show a month takes more time than you think and uh Oh, I'm
0: I'm certain that now,
2: it does. Yeah, and then now with COVID, obviously we're in a little bit of a holding pattern, but um, it's looking much better, and uh, we're hoping to get shows back up this summer and into the fall, so that's kind of what we're looking at right now.
0: When you're anywhere close to Salt Lake, let us know. We'll have to figure out what cars we bring, but let us know, because we'll be there. That sounds awesome. Yeah,
2: we've we've been uh, definitely – people have kind of talked about Colorado, um, Pikes Peak, uh, you know, places like that, but – Arizona for sure we haven't really talked about Utah but you tell me I mean I, I've spent quite a bit of time in Utah and um, I don't see a lot of Radwood stuff around maybe it's just the time of year or what do you what's your take there on Radwood uh,
0: the funny scene? thing I mean the funny thing about this area is you know moved here we started the show in, in LA and moved here and I thought I've moved away from car culture and this, right. and then summer came. -hmm. The amount of stuff that is hidden in garages here that comes out never ceases to boggle my mind. And that goes across the board to very, very high end. Uh, super exotic. Sure. you don't believe her are here but we drove a a guy's uh, first in what was it, an 83 RX-7 that was pristine mm-hmm. we drove that for mm-hmm. the oh, channel cool. that car came out of nowhere so there's a surprising amount of stuff from the 80s and 90s that's here and I honestly don't know that I can even speak to it that well because what I keep f- finding every summer is I'm like I didn't know one of those was here
1: Yeah. Right.
0: So there's a lot of stuff that come out of the woodwork. Also, Salt Lake has got so many good driving roads in the area that it seems to be, at least based on our audience's response, it seems to be a decent driving road trip place where people like coming through this area for other reasons. Yeah. So I think surrounding cities might also come to Radwood here because of that. I mean, do you guys do like track days and stuff or drives with it?
2: Well, we don't specifically do Radwood drives, but we stuffing on the table. Driving will often though. We do a series of rallies, three day driving events. I was going to say that's the
1: foundation Um, of DWA. Is it not? Yes. Yeah. And, um,
2: I, I would love to make it to that area and that's definitely more, um, that's
1: easier for us to pull off
2: probably as a rally through that area. Mm Um, and that would be great. But, um, yeah, I think we, we were kind of talking about when we were on our podcast, the types of roads that we're used to here are pretty technical. And, um, a little bit maybe set up for our E30s and 944s that are, you know, under 200 horsepower. Um, Yeah. But uh, I think it'll just take some exploration to kind of find the right, right routes. And um, yeah, Utah is so underrated for that.
1: We still feel like it's, you know, nobody really knows. And Todd's right. We're astounded. Every time we go, there's one of those there. We saw a Lancia Integrale that had the martini livery. It was never actually yeah. race, but it was one of the backup cars. Yeah, backup Somebody's got car, like yeah. that in Salt Lake, yeah. brought it to a car show. There's been old Lotus Esprits. There's been just weird stuff. Well,
0: there's a, yeah. there's a local Cars and Coffee here in Park City that typically gets one of the best ranges swaths of cars we've ever seen, Mm -hmm, which is really cool. But then there's one we haven't been to yet that's actually about to do their second one, I think. Our local track, which is 45 minutes from us, but our local track is starting to do like a once a month or once every six weeks cars and coffee. And apparently the first one, everybody was really, had a lot of cabin fever because the first one (laughs) apparently had a 1,000 cars Oh wow. so The track has the facility to park them. Right, all. they've got. The they had a
1: thousand cars show up. I mean, it was an ordinary wow. thing, like a nine to five kind yeah, of thing. But that's, yeah, that's
0: that's unbelievable. So there's stuff here, and people clearly want to get out. But every summer, up, up, up. Like this yeah. summer, I think they're doing the Lotus Owners Group thing in Salt Lake. But uh, every summer, I end up seeing like you'll hear engines, and of course, Paul and I, you know, it's like like deer in the forest, like, ears <laughs> <perk out>. like <laughs> what on earth? What is that? You know, so and it's usually yeah.
1: some stupid Mustang that drives by. Sometimes, like,
0: major but, look. But you can hear like <laughs> yeah. groups of so people moving through and it's amazing you can see like a whole mark i remember one year we had like the entire viper club was here like 20 vipers in yeah, a row so yeah. you see all that kind of stuff too it's very cool
3: you know a lot of people for our shows a lot of people travel like we were i was talking to some people on uh I, mean, I don't know if you guys are on clubhouse but um, <laughs> there was a we did a clubhouse thing the other day and i i asked one of the guys you know and i'm like oh, how many shows have you been doing he's like Oh, I'm into six, you know, wow. another guy's like, Oh, I've been to five. I've been, and, and we've only done the most we've ever done in one location is three. Mm. So, you know, and I'm like, well, which ones have you been to?" And The guy's like, Oh, well, I went to New Jersey and I went to Texas and then I went to two of the LA ones and wow. I went to the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> and you're like, Whoa, okay. That's cool. <laughs> that's you know, like, so." And we have this kind of, uh, this little, like, you know, there is a, a quite a few of those people and there's one guy, his name is Ron. He has a Mitsubishi Starion. Isn't that right, Warren? Okay. Starion. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, cool. and he's driven it to... He's driven it... He picked it... He bought it at, at in Philly, took it to that show. He drove it to two Austin shows. He's taking it to an L.A. show wow. and a San yes.
2: Francisco Vegas. show
3: and Vegas. It, it and still
1: Vegas. runs? It's not L.S. Swamp yeah. at this point?
2: <laughs>
3: no.
1: It well, still he, runs.
2: Uh, he has, like, a, a you know, large uh, trailer full of parts that he tows. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> Aha! Okay. <laughs> that's multiple, amazing. Like, roadside repairs. Yeah. <laughs> I think very amazing.
0: That's yeah. really yeah. cool, though. I love it. Yeah. I love wow. it. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah, and then we
3: always get asked to come, you know, that's like probably the most annoying email we get or you know, DMs or whatever. It's come to my city, you know? Of course. And you're like, well, uh, I've never heard of your
0: city. Exactly. Where are (laughs) you? uh, Pardon me while I go to Google Maps. Where now? Yeah. yeah. (laughs)
2: Exactly. Come to Elko, Nevada. You guys love it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: And And, like we got asked to go to, we get asked to go to Miami every once in a while. We did a little thing with RM Sotheby's at at, uh, at, in Miami, and or, uh, uh, yeah. for yeah, and we, I mean, there's not that many '80s and '90s cars there. You know, it's like everyone has modern supercar stuff and Mercedes and BMWs and cars with working, brand new cars with working air conditioning. And you Who know, I think that? driving or we were driving around for three days, Warren, or four days, and we saw two '80s and '90s cars on the road. Oh wow! Yeah, one was a one was
2: a Rolls Royce Corniche. Yeah. Um, <laughs> being driven by exactly who you can picture. It's like Don Shula on a Sunday. <laughs> well, like <nicely> ben, done. <laughs> and then a, like a beat down Miata. And that was yeah. it for wow. three days driving, like all day long back and forth to the hotel. And stuff. those are the only 80s or 90s cars we saw. So um, yeah, I just don't know if the culture is quite there.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't see Miami as the as the place for that. I take I take that point for sure. But I think I think this area might be surprising. We go to that. Uh, we we have in the past on the big, really big July Fourth show that they take place on a golf yeah, course right, here. Right. And the running joke from that show is the only way you outclass everybody that shows up in the cars is the guy that shows up every year in his helicopter. Oh,
4: yeah.
0: you know he. I think he has his people bring his cars well, and then he, he shows up in the family chopper. The and we crowd, go, just in uh-huh. case you didn't see him, in case it's you like, haven't heard me, yet. I'm going to blow the cup out of your hand. Then I'm going to land on the golf course. Then I'm going to walk around. <laughs> but yeah, but this, that's the Pebble super,
2: Beach move.
3: Totally, it, it is. Yeah, yeah there's
0: a surprising. The Pebble, is, there. the Pebble Beach move is
3: the Pebble Beach move is the guy that comes up in the boat
0: and then yes, takes right.
3: the little dinghy to the shore and then and then walks Walk, up the car, and then yes.
0: walks around yeah. the, oh yes yeah. absolutely well it, yeah. it's
1: uh much much love to the you know the goodings of the world the RM Sotheby's and that's pretty cool but i i really do love yeah. what you guys are doing to democratize cool cars and save cars for the rest of us and teach yeah. new generations about this is generation you've you've made it like the Kleenex or the jet ski or the the thing yeah. for this era mm-hmm. is now right. radwood i love it guys yeah. So what do you,
0: awesome. think, you what do you wanna what do you want to share? What do you want our audience to, to be digging into? Obviously Radwood for sale. It's just radforsale.com, right?
2: Radforsale.com and yeah. actually uh, we were just uh, talking off air here, but uh, we are offering every uh, everyday driver listeners um a free listing on the site. So well, that's cool. Um, yeah, listings start at forty five dollars, they go up to hundred and twenty five bucks for what we call a royalty listing. Those are kind of more reserved for iconic cars, but you know, not necessarily, it just depends on the vehicle. But sure. uh, coupon code is every day, if you use every day when you uh, list a car,
1: it will be free. So that's awesome. That is fantastic, guys. Thank you. Yeah, that's very but that's a great surprise. Every that's day very cool. Is the list is the code to use for free listing yep. on radforsale.com. That's fantastic. And it I could bet.
0: be it could yeah. be your your cool Marty hoverboard too. I mean you could oh, be all kinds I, of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, whatever you got.
2: Boomboxes, uh, starter jackets. I mean, you
0: name it. A starter. That, yeah. That honestly, I, oh, see, <laughs> I'm having a moment here because I realized too I legit, wasn't cool enough. Too legit I wasn't to quit. cool enough or, or. My parents didn't buy me nice things enough, I guess. Do you have a starter jacket? Now is my time. I'm with you. Yeah. You're, you're I can here. now get it. Oh, man.
3: I had, a, I, had a bull, yeah. I had a 49ers one, I think it was. So.
0: I can uh, just imagine yeah. if I if that shows up <laughs> in the mail, my wife's going to be like, what exactly did you do and where exactly do you plan to wear this? <laughs> Who have you been talking to? Don't worry to? about it. Yeah. Uh, about so it. good. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. Well, it's great to have you Yeah, your and then under-
2: bread, though thanks sure for having us on like
3: and and yeah besides that just radwood rad for sale or radwood official on instagram are good places to see what we're up to and what cars are being listed as well this is
1: phenomenal yeah, i'm liking this hard. uh this collaboration this thing we got to keep going guys i have joined i
0: have yeah. this terrible thought that we're going to start buying each other terrible 80s things <laughs> this is oh, going to be the new, the new the new scam here i think I, I, I i'm it. excited it's awesome
1: Birthdays, eight, Christmas, yeah. Father's Day, just a random yeah. Tuesday. I bought you this. <laughs> Didn't live the 80s well the
0: first time. I'm going to do it now. Yeah.
2: We'd love to also... Collaborate on the DWA side someday and have you guys on a rally. I think
0: that's yes. a lot Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah. for We'd sure. It's a big conversation Paul and I have been talking about a lot is just getting our, this is going to sound weird, getting our own cars out more on big drives because we've found yeah, in right. the last couple of years we've taken a couple of really amazing road trips. And while they've been like these cheap sedans or our cheap sports cars, those are fun like the Lotus stayed in the garage and I'm out in this amazing yeah. road going, the Lotus should be here. We were so, in yeah. the right scenery, but yeah, the slightly with the, with wrong car. So yeah, let's do rallies. That sounds awesome. Slightly wrong. Cars yeah. You car. guys have
3: to join us. You guys have to join us. It's so fun. It's all, you know, and it really is. It's not, it's not like a race or anything. It's just like camaraderie and, and talking up and geeking out over the road you just drove with, with
1: fun people, you know, sounds awesome. A rolling cards sure. and coffee. Yeah.
0: Awesome. You guys are great. Thanks for being on, and we look forward to seeing you again soon.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. Appreciate it, guys.
0: It's great to hang out with those guys. And And like they said, I do think we should try to figure out some drives or some collaborations or something to do with them. Because I just like talking to them. Except for the fact, as I already said before, you and I missed the window of setting up our own site, apparently. Oh, I
1: know. So funny. And thanks to them again for giving all of you a free listing on radforsale.com. And I know this will be added to your regular rotation. It's got to be part Mm -hmm. of it now, just like every other place. It will be. It It proliferates. And thanks to those guys. Thanks? Is it thanks or... We're, we're kind of a little bit upset that you've added more cars to our list. Yeah, so. you're right. It, well, and now, and now jackets
0: and other 80s stuff <laughs> yeah. I really don't need.
1: Exactly.
0: I mean, the last thing I need to do with an 11 year old is start wearing stuff that oh. is even more staggeringly out of date. Oh, yeah. Walk you into his room and him be like,
1: Dad. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to tell the story about the boombox that you gave him that plays CDs. That is freaking well, we, awesome.
0: Yes, my, my, son, my son is acting like a kid from the 80s or 90s. I guess it's the 90s because it does play CDs. We actually bought a very small boombox that we needed for a drive in. We needed something that played, you know, picked up the radio station and had its own battery. So we picked up a little <laughs> boombox, and they don't cost anything anymore. So this has Bluetooth capability and it plays CDs and that kind of stuff. And of course, he was fascinated by this bit of technology. Like, what is this? How does it work? Can I use it? So, of course, we were done with the with the drive-in thing. I just said, "You want it in your room?" And he was like, "Yes, I do." And so, as a result, he plays the CDs we gave him, which is an '80s compilation that I used to use on the radio station. Uh, I think it's Greatest Hits by Elton John. No and, way. Uh, the Police. No. And way. his favorite is Garth Brooks. Oh my god. So, so my 11-year-old son in the, in the 2020s now is uh, blasting Garth Brooks from his room off of CDs. And I do, you're right, Paul, I do catch box. myself every now and then. I, do, I catch what? myself every now
1: and then. I go, what year is it? What's going on? But see, we're training but, yeah. him, but training the, the new generation in the old ways. And now with Rad for Sale, we're doing the same thing with cars. Because as soon as you show that to him, he'll be like, what is that cool car? Son, that's 30 years old. I don't care. Let's find him. (laughs) Oh, no. We'll
0: see. I'm going to have to get something a little more recent for him when he does start driving, but it does make me laugh that at the moment I'm still probably cooler than I really am, but that day is coming, and if I buy a bunch of Radwood clothing, that day would end quickly.
1: (laughs) Seriously, if he wants a starter jacket, that's... all bad. I don't know if that's a problem or a good thing. I can't really tell. I think
0: it's a problem, but maybe (laughs) that's just me.
1: You've heard us talk about drive homework. Because it's vital to drive a lot of things when trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is important. This applies to online shopping too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all of the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. I know you've heard us talk about it before and we hope you've
0: already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once so you know you won't miss a deal on that perfect car. AutoTempest.com.
1: All the cars. One search. Jumping into questions, many of them we haven't gotten around to yet, so as promised, we're revisiting a lot of questions that you guys have asked on social media in the past, starting off with a question from Brendan Murphy on Facebook, asking if we've ever driven a car so sublime that the experience of that car in and of itself Hmm. left you in tears. It wasn't physical tears, it was emotional inside, it was my heart tears, weeping that I could never have it, and it was actually the GT2 RS 911 and the Porsche 959 for for different reasons, just going, A, Mm. this opportunity happened. And we know that there's plenty of Instagrammers with the hottest, most exotic, amazing whatevers. But these connected from a nostalgia standpoint and a driving perspective, both of those, because they drove so well, not just because it was the latest, fastest, hottest thing. Would an experience like that be great? Yes, but I guarantee you, I can not have driven many of those exotics now and tell you that I don't really want them. And you and I did Speed mm. Vegas and drove a 488 and a Huracan, the rear-wheel drive yeah. Huracan, and yeah, came away yeah, going, yeah, yeah it's cool, cool cars. Good. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. both you and I would still choose other cars way before we buy either mm-hmm. of those cars. We liked them, and it's mm-hmm. an experience, and if, if you're into them and you want to have that experience, we highly recommend doing it, but come in thinking, all right, these cars... Exist in a certain market, and they they drive a certain way. But there's other cheaper cars, less expensive cars that have a better driving experience. And mm, so it was yeah. that shoot. It was this, the whole shoot: the GT2 RS and nine five nine, just unicorns. What an opportunity! All those kinds of things. So my my heart was crying. I guess. <laughs> okay, I'm
0: gonna. <laughs> that's a good answer. I'm gonna go back <laughs> a little bit further than that, to the one that I thought of that I just thought. You know, it was one of those moments that was, I love the word sublime, it was beyond the moment itself,
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay? And it was very unexpected, and that's on the Grios motor chute. Oh,
1: yes, yeah. That was when we
0: had all of our gear stolen, Yeah. so we had that to undermine the whole situation, but I got to drive the uh, essentially the Eagle Speedster E-Type that they have. yeah. And I, it, yeah. it, the funniest thing, the, the weirdest thing about this, is, and I've told this story before, the, the Jaguar E-Type is the car that first inspired me as a car lover, because my mm-hmm. dad had a couple before I could drive. But even with all the stuff we've driven, I didn't get to drive one
4: right. until
0: right. that year. And that year we went to Grios. I happened to drive a really well-sorted Series 1 stock about two months before we were at Grios with their refined one. mm So I even had that personal experience to fall back on. And here's an E-Type that they have taken, and Richard and and Forrest and those guys have taken and just tweaked all of it, like 5% in all the right directions. And so it's perfectly refined, I felt like. And so I'm driving this E-Type, and I wasn't even driving it fast. and we weren't even on the great road yet, and I just thought, this is one of those moments in life that is so beyond anything that is normal. I'm I'm transcending all normal car experience and I'm just, am I really here doing this? Mm. Yeah. So that E-type yeah. for me was absolutely up there. And I and I, you know, I drove it plenty hard and we had normal shoot experiences with it in spite of the fact we were on borrowed gear. But every time I drove it I was just like, I don't and this is gonna sound crazy. I don't need to drive this fast. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. need to have anywhere to go. <laughs> I would just like to drive this in that direction until I get bored. <laughs> Which will be never. I... Which may be never. I totally. Right. That, that's, that's... that's the one for me that was just on another level because it was so unexpected. And it didn't... This is going to sound weird. I didn't have driving expectations beyond what it was giving me. And what it was giving me wasn't anything that I could brag about in a bar. It was just, I'm loving driving this car.
1: Sure. I, I hear you. That weekend was bittersweet you're right it was mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. lot of highs and some very low lows all at the same time and that jaguar was magnificent to drive it was special it was wonderful you're absolutely yeah. right and and i felt like the 914 that was alongside it was wonderful as well but yes a uh, a plug as a matter of fact grios has expanded into grios motors you were talking about Forrest and philip and richard those guys mm-hmm. are doing yeah, griosmotors.com yeah. and the cars on there they've got a 77 vw rabbit for sale like How cool is Hmm. that? An enthusiast can have a rabbit. Yes. I
0: love it. They're refining those things really well. It's really cool.
1: What else? Oh, Rick D has asked us, what are some of our pleasant surprise interactions with people you wouldn't suspect or know to be car people? Mm. Rick washed his car recently and was pleasantly surprised to have a lengthy conversation with someone whom at first glance, he said, he would not have suspected really enjoys cars. He said it was a really, mm. a rather nice conversation. And Rick, I love that. Yes, it, it happens all the time in weird ways to us as well. But I love that you, I'm guessing it was a neighbor, you know, walking by and going, hey, you know, chatty chat, some kind of idea. And you started talking about something. Yeah. And I love that cars are that great equalizer. Everybody has a relationship Mm -hmm. with cars, Mm -hmm. whether or not you like them or not, whether or not you're into them now or not. And that person walks by and says, my uncle had blah, 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 or my dad drove a whatever.
0: Yeah, And it
1: sparks that conversation. And suddenly you make a new friend. And hey, I never, oh, you're in the neighborhood. Yeah, I'm three doors down. Why have we never met? This is Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And, Mm -hmm. you know, let it go from there. So I, I love that kind of interaction where then... The car brings you together and then launches you into somewhere else that isn't about cars. I love that.
0: Sure. Yeah, I agree. Tim Norman on Facebook says, Okay. He's looking at two cars. One is older Porsche Boxsters, which we all know has the dreaded IMS issue. The other is old BMW E46s. Now, that is the wonderful era of the BMW E3 series, where it was the early to mid-2000s. That uh, BMW M3 era, E46 M3, is known to be one of the very best ever. But those are plagued with subframe issues. Mm, So his question is, okay, so I got IMS on one end, subframe on the other. Should I take these two off my wish list? Tim, I want to speak to those two cars, but I want to broaden this out a bit. My short answer is absolutely not. Keep them on your list. The, The thing is every car, I don't care what car you're thinking of. Every car has a thing that over time, this is the thing you need to either worry about or fix or fear i don 't care what car it is there 's no car that is just oh that one will know whatever if it 's an <laughs> right. enthusiast car, in, invariably there is something going on what 's interesting though, and this is the the flip side, something good from the internet. look at this because the internet has has ballooned these these problems into unsurmountable things, and i don 't think we should give into that. The good side though is it has also made us aware of those things to look at in these cars we want to have so what I would say is use that information to arm yourself with. What do I need to look for? And if it needs this done, what is that going to cost, either in your personal time and in parts or to take it to somebody to do it professionally? So that what you can do now is you can go through your looking for these cars. And that's, I mean the Boxers and the E46s, but I also mean pick your car. Fill in the blank here. Mm-hmm. You can go through looking knowing in the back of your mind, okay, I've got an extra 2000 I have to spend to do whatever. And you can instantly be tallying that onto the car you're looking at. So it, I, I like think it. Like it it. shouldn't keep you afraid. It should inform you so that if you really do want one, then you can also just judge the reality of, you know, I, I, don't, I like that one, but I can't spend the extra X amount to get that thing fixed. I need to move on to somebody that's already fixed it or whatever. So let it arm you instead of scare you.
1: I like that. Question on here from Duncan Martin. He's in the UK. He says, will the rise of EVs and hybrids mean most people can't drive manuals? Here in Mm. the UK, you have to pass your test in a manual to get a manual license. Duncan, I think it's already started. We know it's already started. It's the go button and the stop button. And you've probably seen golf carts (laughs) that say go and stop on the pedals Mm -hmm. and it's ridiculous and it's fine for a golf cart. But yes, it's already started. It's already happened. The the jokes about, oh, oh, can't drive a manual, huh? Can't, you know, back a boat down the boat ramp. Can't tie a knot. Can't, you know, all these kinds of things that everybody considers the basics that you don't need to know anymore. It's almost like Mm -hmm. a badge of honor that you know how to drive a manual. Yes. Let me tow that trailer because I know how to handle a trailer. I can back the Mm -hmm. boat down into the ramp, into the water. It's going to continue. It's going to proliferate and it's, Along with all these 80s and 90s cars, it's going to be just that special thing that just enthusiasts know, and it's going to almost be a useless skill. It's going to be cool and fun, and we love doing it because of that wonderful interaction of driving, but that's not useful. I mean, it's useful to be able to move the car, essentially, but it's not like a necessary life skill. No.
0: It won't be necessary any longer at all, which is too bad. It'll be something that just those of us that love driving are informed about. Mm -hmm. And everybody else is just like, oh, yeah, I forgot it does that. Yeah. Interesting. Matt uh, Pisk says he's going to Monterey this summer. What should he rent on Turo to drive Pacific Coast Highway, the Big Sur area of Highway 1 there? First off, check in to see how much of Highway 1 is open. Indeed. Uh, post our last shoot, they actually had a big landslide that took out a new thing. By the way, that's not a new bit of news. I, any any year you are hearing this podcast, there will have been a recent landslide. So this is this is this is current news. I'm telling wrong. you right now, it's terrible to say. So look and see what part is open to see how far you can get, and is it worth it? I mean, it, uh, candidly, it's worth it. It's really really great to drive south from Monterey, or even north, but south is wonderful. But see how far you can get. You're saying, here's the cars you're debating. A 981 Boxster S, a 991 uh, 911 Cabria, Cabria cab, or Carrera Cab, sorry, or a uh, C7 Corvette convertible, or possibly a Mustang GT convertible. Which one is best? You have a sub-question I'll get to in a second. First off, take the Mustang off the list. A Mustang can be rented at any rental counter anywhere <laughs> in the world. It's fine. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But a convertible Mustang yeah. GT is probably not interesting enough. yeah. A C7 Corvette convertible is a good option here. I think that one or the Boxster are the best choices because you're talking about two-seat dedicated convertible platforms. I, don't, I, I like the 911 uh, Carrera. There's nothing wrong with it. I just think that the Boxster or the Corvette are going to feel a little bit more special on that drive. That's my, that's my thinking. I could be wrong there. I will also say we have friends at uh, Monterey Touring Vehicles there in town. You could rent something crazy. Something classic and wild for a few hours. And drive in that, too. Go look at their website, see what stuff they have. Your sub-question is, is there a way to get on Laguna Seca racetrack without spending three grand? The hard part, Matt, is going to be what car... That's the yeah, hard part of that equation. Yeah, you can actually get onto Laguna Seca without spending a ton of money by going with a car on a day that a tracking group is doing an open track day. And you can just pay like every other one of their members. It's typically a few hundred dollars, maybe multiple hundred dollars, depending upon the group. But that's the way to get on. The, the problem, and we've had this issue with our Utah meetups, the problem is when you wind up in a town that's not your town, where do you find a car to rent to be on track? Turo cars are almost always restricted. Uh, rental cars you might get away with, uh, but don't you didn't hear that from me. Uh, cars from Monterey Touring Vehicles are not going to work. So the the struggle there is finding the car. I think that's the bigger issue than the track itself.
1: Mm, love it. Petrolhead 2003 asks, in the honor of the passing of Sabine, mm. if we could spend the day with a motorsport legend, who would it be? Sabine would be awesome. We did get to spend time with her uh, back in 2017, And uh, she was just delightful. But I always come back to Paul Newman. Always. Mm, Simply because of his accomplishments in life and his desire. If if you have never seen The Racing Life of Paul Newman, it's a full feature-length film. If you've never seen it, I highly recommend it just for the information to to come away with newfound respect for the man. Because our interests are aligned. I mean, not only do I think Paul is a great name, but he was (laughs) into cars... (laughs) And the biggest thing that I think about is he didn't discover motorsports and racing until age 48. When most people think, and they say, we hear this a lot in a ski town, I'm too old to ski. And we're thinking, mm-hmm. it's in your brain, it's in your mind, because we've skied mm-hmm. alongside 72-year-olds that will accelerate away from us. I, that's happening. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, absolutely. And you know, the, the kind of you know, fit people in Park City that are older, And they could kick your butt. They pass you uphill on mountain bikes. And you think, (laughs) you're right. "Uh, It's not an age thing anymore. It's an in-shape thing. I think, what have I been doing?
0: I'm sorry. What just happened there? Yeah, it completely happened. It's
1: kind of embarrassing. It's a lot embarrassing. And so Paul Newman didn't discover this till age 48. And so therefore, in car terms, I look at him like, you started your life at age 48. You started out. Mm. And he was a well-known actor by then. He totally. wanted to be known as a racing driver, dabbled and screwed around with acting. And then philanthropy. He, he yeah. This huge philanthropy business. And I want to know more about that and what was his inspiration and, you know, just thinking around that. And then, of course, his Rolex Daytona that sold at auction for $17.8 million because he's the man. He he was into watches. I it, it sort of yeah. recalibrated my. <laughs> I've always thought Rolexes were just for the nouveau riche. Like oh, you just came into money, so you, of course you bought yourself a Rolex. Porsches have suffer from that same thing. It's like the, I've always wanted a Porsche. Well, no, you didn't. You just bought it because it was ex- expensive and flashy. You don't appreciate mm. the racing heritage and the history and the, you know, the build quality, the <laughs> engineering, and the ethos of the company, and you just There's want a nerve a there somewhere, Paul. are. And so <laughs> that happens with everything. But I, I have a new respect for Rolex and especially the man, Paul Newman, and winning the 24 Hours of Le Mans in his class at age 70. I, I, yeah. you've heard me talk about the guy, but I continue to be fascinated with his life.
0: Cars are made to be driven. And we can't imagine a future without driving cars we really love. Luckily, the folks at Hagerty feel the same way. That's why they support this show. One of the many things Hagerty offers for people who love cars is insurance for their enthusiast vehicles. But that also includes classic cars, trucks, motorcycles, collectibles,
1: and even boats. They also protect raced vehicles off the track and can even insure vehicles on the track for HPDE events and track days. In fact, we use Hagerty Track Day insurance every time we drive the Cayman a Elise on our local track, and it adds huge peace of mind. Learn more about Haggerty and Quote Insurance at hagerty.com slash everydaydriver.
0: Open Mike Knight asks, he's in the market for a convertible rear-wheel driver to replace the family Lexus GS300. Any drive homework suggestions? My guess is, Mike, you probably are looking at a lot of the usual suspects. I'm going to throw... Two out. Well, it's technically three, but you'll see why I say it that way. I'm going to throw those out for you to definitely drive because you're not going to drive them. You're going to think, no, and you need to go drive them. Go drive an Alpha Julia. It's probably not on your list. Go drive one Mm. and drive either the Genesis G70 or the Kia Stinger, depending upon how much room you need. Mm-hmm. because a rear-wheel drive version of either of those, they're sister cars. The Stinger does drive bigger, but it's also larger with more space. So depending upon the amount of space you need coming out of that GS300, you, you aren't specific about your need for back seats. The Julia uh, is somewhat tight in the back. It's not spacious in the back. It's not like 5 Series. It's more like the current 3 Series in space. But that's the thing. You're probably looking at the 3 Series and those other usual suspects. Drive the Julia, drive the G70
1: or the Kia Stinger, and surprise yourself. There's a question on here I've been noodling. Parker Singleton says, dream, project, car, build, money, no object. Parker's is a 1996 Honda NSX, right-hand drive, with a Ferrari V12 swap, six-speed manual, with aero, wing, side skirts, front front spoiler, nice wheels and tires. I hear you. I like that. That that would be a nice you know, kick in the you-know-what to Ferrari now that you, know, you remember when the NSX came out because it was yeah. that to Ferrari the... then, and so now you power yeah. it with Ferrari and... You know, sort of the, the come, only come question I that.
0: have there on Parker, the only pushback I'm gonna give you, Parker, is why on earth would you do that with a right hand drive chassis?
1: I agree, but just
0: I, buy a left hand <laughs> drive. If you're dreaming, just buy a left hand drive one it's there. But enough. whatever.
1: Okay. Alright. Anyway, keep going. Keep I going. I hear you. I hear a question like this, Parker. And the the temptation, I will say, is to go so crazy and you put this huge motor in a you know whatever car and it's yeah. almost it almost sounds undrivable. And I admit the one that has intrigued me most lately is not original on my part. It comes from our shooter Chance who was in a discussion with somebody and he mentioned this to me and I went, "Oh, that that actually sounds kind of cool." It is okay. a Porsche 912 with a uh-huh. current 718 motor dropped in it. And all okay. the the chassis, of course, upgraded to handle the extra power generated by the yeah, four cylinder yeah. 718 motor. But bring, because 912s, they're, they're not cheap, but they're cheap in relation they, considering they are, the world for of sure. Porsche. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. And then you could either do the outlaw thing, or you could kind of really customize it with the tartan or the mm. you know houndstooth or the plaid or anything like that on the interior, and it, it could be anything you want it to be. But it's not the craziest overpowered anything. It still has that mm-hmm. 911 coolness that I love. But it's the mm. four-cylinder, and you can say, 912, look, and I've got 300 horsepower. And it drives amazingly well, and set it up for different things, you know, however you want the chassis and suspension to be, and any kind of wheel. I, I'm just kind of obsessed with that in a weird way. I just thought, okay. it, what a cool way to keep 912s going. That sounds fun. Mm. Very cool. I'll leave you with that. Uh, Peter
0: Renslow asks us, he says, wait a minute, we talk a lot about different experiences in different cars, and we do, but he's asking if it qualifies for him to keep his car that he loves for a long time and get different experiences by doing rentals through places like Turo and Driveshare and those kind of things, or does this different experience we're talking about only come from owning a car? Uh, I, I could argue both sides of this, Peter. I think that ultimately, if you have a car you currently love and don't want to get rid of... Don't let that car hold you back from getting new experiences. If you are in a place where you can do Tura or Driveshare and drive other things, I 100% push you toward doing that. I think you should be getting as much driving experience as possible, even if you like your current car. I mean, we are spoiled because we get new cars in the driveway every week. We Mm. chase cars for TV. We're getting constant experiences. So when Paul and I, as we have done, as we hang on to our Lotus and our Cayman, we're still getting tons of new car experience because we keep getting cars delivered to us. I realize that we're spoiled in that regard and that's not most people's experience. If you have special events or occasions you can go to I think you should uh, get new experiences every time you ca- you can. great On the agreed. other side, though, we have proven with the cheap sedans followed by the cheap sports cars that it is amazing how having a car that you own gives you a different, good, new experience. I mean, honestly, I, I have to say it candidly, the Phaeton really influenced me on the benefits of luxury cars. Hmm. Really, and has, has absolutely, really? and, and I and I'm not a guy. I don't want to seek one out and spend a ton of money on it. But I but I really connected <laughs> oh, with the, yeah, exactly. I really connected with the, the life experience of okay, I see how this is fun too in a way I didn't before. And I think if I had just driven the Phaeton, I would have never gotten there. Hmm. Something about owning it and having it on, and honestly, it happened multiple times, on a negative 15-degree day when it's snowing sideways, and I've got the heat uh, heated seat going, and I'm driving through the blizzard with the all-wheel drive, and I'm not even thinking twice, and I feel cocooned in this monster, okay? That's not an experience I would have had if I had only rented that car. So I do think there is real life experience and broadening of you as a driver by owning various things because you wind up in unexpected life moments that show you the
1: benefits of a car. Mm, like it. Jared Rose 1 asks, what's the best way to protect a vehicle you're traveling with on an exposed car trailer? Mm. Ideally, not exposed if possible. There's two ways you could go here. I, I definitely get that Having the the car exposed definitely introduces rock chips and, you know, dirt and all that kind of stuff. So I would say a car cover that can be battened down. It's really securely tied down so you know it's not going to blow off while you're moving. But you want to make sure your car is washed first and the car cover is washed first before you introduce mm. in the wind while you're driving that you know there's going to be motion of the car cover. Hopefully yeah. not, you know, sanding away on your paint, but if it's tight Oof. enough... Then it won't be, and especially if you wash both first, then you're, you know you're not introducing a layer of silt or fine dust in between the cover and the paint, and it's locked down, so it's not moving. That's ideally the way you want to do it, but otherwise, I can, I can hear the, the counter-argument, and that is, well, if there, there's still the possibility for that fine, scotch bright like motion between your car cover and your paint... As you 're moving it, it almost doesn 't matter what you do, but then you know of course rock chips and all those kinds of things, so think about it this way: if you were driving your car on the freeway it 's exposed, it would get the yep. same amount of you know sun and wind and rocks and rain and whatever on it as if you were driving, so you could mm-hmm. go that way and say you know what i 'm just not going to worry about it it 's up on a trailer you know is what it is, or you could really try to to protect it with a car cover, but it 's got to be tight enough, it cannot flap it cannot rub and and move around. It's like those 80s car bras. When you took them off, you're like, I'm putting this back on because the paint's ruined. The paint got
0: destroyed. I will say, I've actually looked into this a little bit and been surprised. You know, people that take their cars tracking and want to keep their paint nice. The the old trick was you put painter's tape all over the car and the car looks terrible now, but it solved that problem. Sure, you could. You you could do that. But yeah. here's the thing though. There are now companies and I don't know them off the top of my head, but you can Google the idea. There are companies that sell what is essentially a temporary Clear protective film. I actually think Expel has a line of this too. Oh no, kidding! Even it. better. There you but, go. But you, but you actually, it, it unrolls. I mean, I'm, I'm oversimplifying, but it unrolls almost like Saran wrap. You're putting it on as a temporary clear cover over your paint to the most exposed areas. Now, this is the much more involved answer. You're going to take time to stop and coat the car, but if that's something you want to spend time doing, if you are that concerned, you could do that for the duration
1: of the road trip hauling it or otherwise, and then you can peel it off when you're done. There you go. It's like saran wrapping your luggage. You know, you see giant bags come out of the turnstile. You do see those. It's like, why is your bag saran wrapped? I always wonder what the TSA does with those bags. Because I swear, granted, it's
0: because we're always carrying (laughs) carrying camera equipment. But in any time we wind up at a location for a shoot, one of our bags has got the TSA notice in it because they, they scanned it and opened it and checked it every single time. Yeah. So what I wonder is, if you've saran wrapped your bag and the TSA wants to check it, do they just cut through it, and then what do you, as a person who was paranoid enough to saran wrap your bag, <laughs> think when your bag shows up
1: not saran wrapped anymore? I don't know. It's the world's one of the world's greatest mysteries, especially the fact that you want to saran wrap them to beginning. I in the beginning, I don't, don't know what that does for you, but okay, maybe there it is. Yep, here's a saran wrap pre pre wrapped luggage or something or unbelievable. Stuff. I don't know. Yeah. On Twitter, KrabbyNerd says that, for those of us who can't, can't keep up with all your amazing work, thank you, is there a way to tell if you've talked about a question they have sent us a couple of months back, do we answer the emails to mention the episode number if we take those topics into discussion? We used to. I guarantee you we tried, and then we ended up not being able to keep up with stuff. But here's mm-hmm. the the thing. What I love is when people who have sent us questions get surprised. So the answer is no, but now it's deliberate because... I want you to just be listening along and suddenly you're surprised that we answered it and hopefully it it uh, made you smile or improved your day in some way. So that, that's what I'm hoping for.
0: Well, we so appreciate you guys joining us. We have to thank uh, Lane and Warren again for being with us on uh, on this podcast we look forward to hanging out with them again again that's uh, radwood and driving while awesome are the things that they're involved with you've probably already heard of them yeah. but there yeah. they are again and we thank you guys as always for questions we will be back in studio soon but we're just glad to have you with us either way
1: for sure really appreciate it guys we're always looking forward to next time cheers everyone <laughs>